Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. We can't even get clean drinking water onto reserves. So who's going to give a shit about slow internet speeds? With the bar set so low that providing the basic necessities of life is out of reach, You can maybe understand why the plight for decent Netflix streaming has been less than a priority. But viable internet has become a lot more than a luxury. If your connection can't handle a Zoom call, you can't go to school the same way city kids can. You can't get mental health care or health care the same way everybody else can. If your internet sucks, you can't date, work, start a business, or participate as a citizen the same way everybody else can. Your lower internet speeds equals lower access, lower opportunity, and lower status in just about every aspect of modern life. This is not just a problem on reserves. People in rural communities, people in the North, people all across Canada pay ridiculously high bills for ridiculously slow internet. By high bills, by the way, I'm talking about thousands of dollars if you blow your limits. And by slow speeds, I'm talking about more than an inconvenience. I'm talking about speeds so slow, you simply can't do the same things as everybody else. We have been lamenting this digital divide for decades. I remember covering it 10 years ago. It's still a problem. And during the pandemic, like everything else during this pandemic, the problem is multiplied. Today, reporter Sula Green 
brings us a story about an issue that unites Iqaluit with rural Alberta and Ontario and beyond. That issue being the shittiness of government-subsidized internet providers like ExploreNet. Wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by B. Jolie, Cohen Hammond, Brandy May Shear, Michael McCallum, Felix Emmanuel Gamash, Aaron Trazo, Justin Chandler, and Chelsea. Hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm an assistant professor and I live in Terrace, BC. I listen to Canada Land because I'm an audiophile and I love getting my news on podcasts. But more than that, Jesse and team see through the myth of pure objectivity and promote a critical scrutiny of the right and the left, something they did now more than ever. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. The doorbell ring of a Zoom call. The bloop of a Discord server. The knock brush of a Slack notification. To some of us, these are the sounds of the pandemic. But for others, especially those living in rural Canada, they're more likely to be the sonic symbols of what they don't have, high-speed internet. Another aspect of social life, I guess, is just another part of my life, you know. Hi, sorry, guys. Can I just jump in there for a second? Thomas is really cutting out for me. Is he cutting out for you, Sula? Yeah. That's my producer, Gabe, figuring out how we record an interview about bad internet with bad internet. Lucky for us, Thomas has his own mic and was able to record himself offline. Thomas is the 23-year-old Inuk musician known as Triple Six God. Let 
But we were here to talk about his first love. Video games. Like so many kids, Thomas grew up gaming. But when the PS3 came out, he realized pretty quickly that at home in Iqaluit, he didn't have the bandwidth or the budget to support online gaming. We started playing video games. We started playing Call of Duty like eight hours a day, staying up till like six in the morning, using our phones because we didn't have microphones yet. We just were using our landline. And one day, in the middle of a game, my dad comes into my room and he just asks me, what am I doing? And I just tell him, I'm playing game. And he asked me, and how was the internet bill? $1,600. That was in 2008. And since then, not much has changed. In Canada, the quality of your internet is determined by two things. I guess the two criteria are, where do you live and how much money do you have? That's Laura Tribe. She's the executive director of Open Media, a nonprofit working to make the internet more affordable, open and surveillance free. Uh, We have incredibly fast internet speeds. A number of condo buildings, office buildings are connected with fiber internet, you know, giving people gigabit speeds. And yet you can go an hour, uh, let alone 20 hours outside of urban areas and have completely the opposite and have incredibly slow speeds. A few years after that $1,600 phone bill, Thomas found out how severe this disparity really was. At 14, he left home to play hockey in northern Manitoba. The team spent their off time playing a very different game. That game was Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. I wasn't really excited for the video game aspect yet. I was just kind of thinking it was going to be the same as back home. And then my billet brother, like, he was just like, hey man, you want to come play Call of Duty? And I was like, sure. And he started playing. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like, why am I not, why, why do I not have to lead my bullets every single time? Why, like, why, why can't I just do play this regularly? At that moment, I was like, Dad, Dad, can you send me my Xbox right now? I need my Xbox. After spending his entire life dealing with glitches and lags, Thomas finally saw the advantage others had on him. Any gamer knows just how much latency impacts your chances of survival. A millisecond lag makes all the difference. It's like, imagine being in a real life fight and you you have to wait half a second before your punches really register. When Thomas came back from that hockey camp, he realized he wouldn't be able to find the same enjoyment in gaming now that he knew the disadvantage he played at. Thomas and his friends, they do anything to get around that latency. It's insane how many people play video games. And like, I remember growing up, people playing Modern Warfare 2, like taking their TVs to someone else's house just so that they can all have the online experience without having lag. These days, Thomas's ISP is Northwest Tell. He pays $130 a month, provided he doesn't go over the 150 gigs included in his plan. With Netflix, I have to watch everything on like 240, 360p, or else my dad is my my like my bill is going to be a couple figures at least. The Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission—that's the regulatory body that oversees telecom—considers basic internet access to mean speeds of 50 megabytes per second download and 10 megabytes per second upload. But Thomas's speeds are way lower. Northwest Tel offers speeds up to 15 megabytes per second down and 2 megabytes per second up, less than basic internet access, and less than what he needs. But in reality, Thomas says his download speed hovers around 1 megabyte per second down. On the best days, he gets 6 megabytes per second. This isn't an anomaly. 
The CRTC reports that less than half of rural communities have 5010 basic internet access, and just over a third of First Nation reserves do. And Josh Tabish of the Canadian Internet Registration Authority warns that the CRTC numbers don't accurately reflect access because ISPs report on what speeds are available. The CRTC statistics are based on the availability of these speeds, not the speeds that end users actually get. So we've all had the experience of feeling as though we're not getting what we pay for. The same thing happens when ISPs market their packages. Northwest Tel can offer Thomas a plan based on the highest speeds available, when it's likely he'll never reach them. This means that the difference between rural and urban speeds is likely even bigger than the CRTC indicates. So if you look across the country, you see a significant gap. And if you look more closely at actual internet performance data, you'll see that rural speeds are on average about 10 times slower than urban speeds. According to new data from CIRA, while the median urban speed has increased since the pandemic took hold in March, rural speeds have plateaued, effectively widening the digital divide. Rural and Northern Canadians generally have fewer ISPs to choose from. Sometimes they have only one choice. And because it costs ISPs more to get into remote areas, rural customers end up paying way more for a lot less. I think it's the government's fault that we're in this circumstance in the first place. And I think it is their responsibility to help us get out of it. The tactics the government has taken so far or their approach to internet connectivity in Canada has been a reliance on market forces. Those are their terms. And essentially their strategy has been, we will let the market sort itself out. And because they left it to an industry that is born out of monopolies, our telephone companies were monopolies, our cable companies were monopolies, and they became our internet service providers, there's actually not a ton of competition at all. And they are entirely profit-driven. And for so long, those companies invested where they could make money. And that is very different from where people need service. There are a few providers in Iqaluit, but the quality varies depending on your neighborhood. So despite a little competition, for the most part, residents are stuck with the ISP that works best on their block. And even though Thomas already pays $130 a month, a price tag that'd be shocking to most city folk, he might pay more if it would afford him better service. But more expensive plans only offer more data, not faster speeds. There's nowhere to go but down. Despite the latency and the frustration that comes with it, what's stuck with Thomas is the connection to other people that gaming makes possible. At the end, I realized my relationships through the microphone was just as important as it was in real life, or just as meaningful. So when the pandemic hit, Thomas wanted to organize something for his community. So I started this uh, fundraiser to raise money for my album, and I used video games to do it. What I did was uh, I got this buy-in thing where it was $10 to play a game, and there's 100 players. So there's a potential of $1,000 every game, pretty much. So first place would get like 500, second place would get 300, and third place would get two. It was a really awesome time. It really felt like a community, just everyone in Nunavut and Nunavik, northern communities just having a blast, you know? But after a while, the games got so big that people from the south started joining the games, and I didn't even know they were from the south. I was just accepting money and letting them play. And then when I started watching the games, you could really see the advantage was there. They started spending all the money all the time, and people were just getting mad. It just started ruining things. Now no one wants to play these games. I don't know. 
That was at the beginning of the pandemic. Nothing has improved on Northwest Hell over the past few months, and Thomas is frustrated. But no ISP in Canada seems to inspire as much frustration as one called ExploreNet. It's the largest internet service provider in rural Canada. They serve over a million Canadians through fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite services. In many areas, their satellite internet is the only option, particularly where fiber, DSL, and cable are all unavailable. When I started researching this topic, I wanted to get a sense of people's experiences with big rural ISPs. I found my way to a group called ExploreNet Rural Internet. Enough is enough. The group's name was certainly emphatic. I was optimistic I'd get at least a few responses to my post calling for anyone who had struggled with their internet connection recently. I got 144 comments and more direct messages than I could respond to. I was floored by the outrage this one company seemed to generate. Group members used nicknames like Explore Shit. They posted daily screenshots of their failed speed tests, generally hovering around one or two megabytes a second. And of course, they used the universal language of memes, like one of a pixelated screen with the caption, anybody watching the Queen's Gambit? You can even tell it was about chess. My name is Nellie. I'm a registered nurse and I work in a very rural community. It's called LD. It's about 45 minutes outside North Bay, Ontario. Nellie is one of the group's 3,500 members. The speed that we can get here is almost non-existent. So our plan with ExploreNet is supposed to have speeds up to 25 megabytes per second. And we probably never see five megabytes per second and probably most times see less than one. So that means definitely no streaming. You can't go online gaming, no Netflix, no Disney Plus. Watching YouTube videos is even probably impossible. She spent hours on the phone with ExploreNet. Well, on hold with ExploreNet. So if you were to pick up ExploreNet and call their customer service number and pick that you're an existing customer and get into that queue, you're going to wait two hours. But if you call the same customer service number and say you're new and wanting to subscribe to ExploreNet, you will get a person in 30 seconds. Well, I have to test that out. To purchase ExploreNet internet services, please press 1. 40 seconds later, I was in. Thanks for calling ExploreNet Sales. This is Brandon speaking. Next, I tried technical support. Your estimated wait time is... 39 minutes. We would like to offer you the opportunity to keep your place in line and have us call you back when it's your turn. I'm unable to request a callback right now. Please continue to hold. I thought about it. You treat me like I'm a princess. After 40 minutes of hold music, I got someone. Thank you for calling Explornet. So the difference in hold time between sales and technical support wasn't as bad as Nellie recalled, but it wasn't great. I called my ISP Tech Savvy to compare. I was on with technical support in under two minutes. Full disclosure, I live in Toronto and have a ton of ISPs to choose from. I should mention, Tech Savvy is a platinum donor to Open Media, the organization Laura Tribe works at. Every time I would call ExploreNet, it was the same excuse. There's too many people online. We, we can't help that there's heavy traffic. I reached out to ExploreNet to see what they thought of this claim. They said, our services, like those of many providers, are a shared resource. When usage demand is high, as it has been this year, 
there will be more contention for that shared resource. Packages at 25 megabytes per second are engineered to deliver those speeds when the service is not busy. And my question would always be to them, why are you selling too many products? You're bringing too many customers onto these satellites and you can't produce the product. ExploreNet went on to explain that the pandemic was a very busy time. No kidding. But Nellie doesn't find this claim that this year is an exceptional one for them all that persuasive. She's been dealing with these same issues for over a decade. It's just that recently, things have come into sharper focus. So I am the youngest of four girls. And unfortunately, a lot, we lost our father last year, almost a year ago, actually. Um, and my mother is 80 years old. So being able to connect with my family is super important. And I call my mom every day. And we, you know, Facebook message every day. And, you know, to not be able to video call without interruption is super frustrating. It totally affects your mental health and well-being. When I can't be part of certain things that are happening down there because I can't even stream a video. It seems so, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal, but... (laughs) If you don't have family around you and that's the only way to connect with them and not being able to do that, it's just mind-boggling to me that in 2020, this is still happening. It is mind-boggling. And ExploreNet, like Northwest Tell and most ISPs, do this tricky thing. They promise internet speeds up to 25 megabytes per second. Emphasis on the up to. There's no guarantee there. Nellie paid $130 a month for her 25 megabytes a second download package though her internet never came anywhere close to that speed. In November, after 11 years of being an ExploreNet customer, Nellie decided to cancel her family's plan. I mean, I was kind of in a predicament where, why are we paying $130 a month for something we're not getting? And I, I do feel like it's fraud because I'm paying for, as per consumer rights, I'm paying for a product that I'm not receiving. Instead, she spent $400 on a cell booster and another $400 on a Rogers Home Hub to replace her traditional internet setup with mobile data. But this extra setup comes with exorbitant data overages. Nonetheless, in an unrelenting pandemic, Nellie decided she needed to pay more to make sure her teenage son could stay connected to friends, something he wasn't able to do with ExploreNet. Now I have to pay to have uh, 50 gigs of cell data at my house so my son can basically have some form of social interaction. That's where I'm at. (laughs) For Terry Buffalo Jr., a streamer living on the Masquachise Reservation in Alberta, the internet provided him an escape long before this pandemic. When his sister passed away a few years ago, he turned to gaming. When the Xbox One came out is when I really delved right into it. It was uh, not too long after it came out, uh, my my, uh, younger sister passed away from suicide. So after that, I just sort of blocked everybody out and sort of delved into gaming. Sort of took it upon myself to find as much uh, natives as I could to see who was all on Xbox. Nowadays, Terry's passion is running Native Stream Tribe, an online community for Indigenous streamers. On their Discord server, they trade industry advice, share new content, and support each other. Terry's also streaming as Precepticon. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to join up, chat, you're more than welcome to. I see it as a way to build and uh, get up people's confidence, uh, whether they're creating content or they're putting out a new video. You know, I think it's uh, 
a great tool to have all this um, communication and everything that we, technology that we have right now during this, especially this COVID, made it a little easier at times to reach out and let somebody know that you're here. <laughs> When I talked with Terry, there'd been a bit of a hiccup with his setup. After years of struggling to stream on Twitch, Terry splurged on a quality router to improve his speeds. He found a $400 one on Kijiji for 150 bucks. But just a couple months ago, it broke. As soon as it broke down, that was out the window. <laughs> I accidentally dropped it uh, Halloween night and something went messed up on the inside of it so it won't work now so I had to go back to my old router so we're back to dinosaur internet <laughs> and with that Terry's speeds plummeted drastically Terry and I weren't able to chat over the web-based recording software Canada Lands used throughout COVID instead Terry had to go to his dad's house where his cell service is best and as you can hear it still wasn't great just like those in fiber enabled city centers People in rural parts of the country want to foster their own communities online. They want to game, to call home, to distract themselves from this brutal pandemic. So why, in 2021, are they living with what Terry calls dinosaur internet? I asked Laura Tribe. So I think part of it is that there's not really any incentive for ExploreNet to change its services or to upgrade its services because there's no alternative. Terry was stuck. The expensive router was the only thing he'd found to improve his speeds. That was Terry's upgrade, though, not ExploreNet's. Uh, so they're not risking losing a lot of customers by failing to upgrade their services because there's nowhere for those customers to go. In terms of technical solutions, it's not likely that ISPs that use satellites, like ExploreNet, will upgrade their services. It's expensive, and without any competition, there's really no incentive for them to do so. But getting fiber internet out to remote communities would be a long-term solution. That is possible. The technology exists. It's really a matter of how do we make sure that there is enough incentive to invest that much money in a community that's going to take a number more years to basically give the company the return on investment than it would in an urban area where they can roll it out to way more people faster. Uh, so technically it's possible, but I think it's really a matter of how much investment I would say the government uh, would be willing to put into offsetting the circumstances that have led us to where we are. Good, reliable internet isn't a luxury. It's a basic service. And it's a service that every single Canadian deserves. That's Prime Minister Trudeau speaking on November 9th. So today, we're taking another big step forward. Our government is launching the $1.75 billion universal broadband fund to connect all Canadians to high-speed internet. This fund will be used to build infrastructure across the country, almost entirely in rural and remote communities. This fund is a big deal. And the Prime Minister's announcement is one that people like Laura have been waiting on for years. In fact, she's been waiting since 2016, when the CRTC designated the internet a basic service. They put $750 million aside and said they were going to use it to start investment in the north in Canada for areas that are least connected. But really what they did was issue a call to the federal government saying, you need a national broadband strategy. You need to do the rest because just waiting is not going to work. In 2019, the federal government announced they were setting universal connectivity targets. 
That meant bringing every single person in Canada online by 2030. They promised to put aside $1.7 billion in the Universal Broadband Fund to do that. This fund would let ISPs like ExploreNet, as well as communities and Indigenous-led projects, apply for the capital needed to connect underserved areas. That was great. It's a big deal for the government to set that target, but that was in March of 2019. In March of 2020, a year later, the pandemic hit and we still had no progress towards those targets. And so ever since then, it's been a bit of a waiting game. Knowing this is a priority, hearing from the government, they're still committed to this issue, but yet not seeing any action. Nellie is skeptical that the government's serious about helping rural Canadians. I spent um, months and months and months speaking with government agencies federally and provincially and locally to do something. And I would hit a brick wall everywhere I went. Every single phone call I made, I hit a brick wall. And um, sometimes didn't really feel like they really cared (laughs) that I didn't have internet. In her more than a decade of experience with ExploreNet, government funding and assistance hasn't done anything to help her situation. The frustrating part for me is that the government is fully aware that this is happening and no one does anything about it. But now, there is $150 million of the Universal Broadband Fund set aside for shovel-ready projects. Those are the ones that are ready to go and can be completed by November 2021. So hopefully that does mean that within actually a year, we will see a number of households brought online. But I think this is really a project that is a long-term investment in the backbone and infrastructure of Canada that's going to take some time to be deployed. And that is really unsatisfying to people who need the internet now. In the meantime, for the Universal Broadband Fund to really make an impact, we need two things. The government has to prioritize long-term solutions. Today, the CRTC characterizes basic internet access as 50 down and 10 up. But 10 years from now, our online habits could require a lot more. In an email to Canada Land, a representative from the Department of Innovation, Science and Economic Development said, quote, the goal is to connect all Canadians with high-speed internet by 2030. At this time, high-speed internet is defined as 50 10 megabytes per second. The Universal Broadband Fund's 50-10 megabytes per second target is a minimum, and projects that are capable of delivering or scaling to higher speeds will be assessed more favorably." End quote. So, while improving satellites could be used as a band-aid solution, rural Canadians need infrastructure that will last, like fiber. Laying down fiber is a big project, but it will mean that rural Canadians get speeds that not only bring them up to snuff with urban Canadians, but last for decades to come. And we need a plan on how we get there and when. When I asked the government about their roadmap, they said, by 2026, we will connect 98% of Canadians with high-speed internet. 100% of Canadians will be connected by 2030. But there aren't specific goalposts. 2030 is a long way away. And right now, people like Nellie, Thomas, and Terry have no idea when they'll be connected. They're just expected to wait. I don't know, it's it's really exciting, but... Kind of like someone promises you you'll get a new car in four years. And you're like, wow, that's so exciting. In the meantime, I still don't have a car. I still can't get around. So while they wait, ExploreNet customers obsess over one particular solution in their Facebook group. U.S. aerospace firm SpaceX has already sent hundreds of satellites into low orbit. Those 60 Starlink satellites gently floating away. To beam the Internet back to Earth. Founder Elon Musk is pledging to connect the entire world. Yep, that's right. 
The man crusading for a technotopia, Elon Musk, is a bastion of hope for Canadians who need high speeds now. Starlink, SpaceX's low-Earth satellite internet, is now in beta. For those who have been invited to try, it's been working. Speed tests are routinely posted online showing download speeds of up to 150 megabytes a second, where ExploreNet had afforded two. It's not all that surprising Elon Musk is swooping in. I mean, he is planning to launch a private mission to Mars in four years. That's six years sooner than the government promises to get all Canadians online. But Starlink won't offer a solution to high prices. Customers need to invest $649 on equipment and pay a $129 monthly subscription. While Nellie, Thomas, Terry all wait for Starlink or the government's help, they have their own ways of managing the internet. They calculate how much they want to spend on cellular data or invest in a new piece of equipment on top of their monthly bill. Thomas knows well that the data he's afforded is limited and that anything over his cap will cost him. These days, gaming occupies less of his time. Instead, he's working on his other passion, music. I would love to be an engineer slash producer and just send my music out to people, get people to send me their, like, their stems to their songs so that I can mix and master them. But producing music like this also demands a lot of his internet connection. Most professional audio software is a big download. Some virtual instruments that producers like Thomas rely on can be hundreds of gigs in size. And that's all before updates, add-ons, and bug fixes. And to work with other musicians, Thomas has to send and receive huge audio files with all the isolated instruments and vocals in any given song to mix together. That's dozens or even hundreds of files, which means spending his precious data and paying for any overages. It's either do what I would love or put food on the table. I got, I got the motivation to learn how to use these programs. I just can't access them. If I do want to access them, I have to wait a month to download. Like I'll, I'll do like a 30 gig download and then I'll be like, oh, that's the rest of that's, that's it for the month. Don't go too crazy. And the 30 gig download would only be like two things. I asked Thomas to imagine a world where he didn't have to worry about his internet speed or cost and what that'd be like for him. I'd honestly be the happiest guy in the world. I, I don't know. I can't. I, I just, I just, I, I, would, I, I just feel normal. I just feel normal, I guess. You know, just feel like a part of, part of society instead of feeling so behind all the time. But it's not just his own career he's worried about. It's his entire community. He thinks about all the lost potential in Nunavut because of the lack of internet connection. I feel like Nunavut would at least have one like, YouTube uh, character that, that would be like popular enough. Like to, that would, they would have like a following, you know? I at least feel like one, at least one. And at least one streamer, like video game streamer. And I also feel like the Inuit community would love to see their own people streaming. It'd be, it'd be cool to see someone who looks like you play the video games that you like, you know? Mike D, you can't do this to him, man. No saw suicide, I've been in the snow. 60 on my lap, got him missing with the blow. Ducking all the ops, gotta keep it on the low. I done seen a lot of shit, nobody even knows. Selling grams off the gram, I've been smoking by the O. Ever since Skid Row, now I'm with the woes. I'ma make a million dollars and I'm gonna watch it blow. Triple six in the whip, tense down with the smoke. I don't need nobody else, I'ma die all alone. Put the Glock to your dome, force a rock till I'm gone. Mama told me go to school, but I'ma make it on my own. No side, motherfucker, don't you ever get it wrong. Triple six God, with the ups and down, cross neck, looking all frosted. Bitch, I'm on my boss, shit. Proceed with caution, no guilty conscience. I don't break a 
behind it, but honey, I'll break a promise. I don't fuck with bitches, I just need a little dough. I don't fuck with bitches, I just need to get that That's your Canada Land. If you like this show, you can get it ad-free for five bucks a month by going to canadaland.com slash join or just by clicking on the show notes. You can email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything that you send. We're on Twitter at CanadaLand. Our website is canadaland.com where you can sign up for our newsletter which gives you a rundown of everything that we publish each week in one handy quick newsletter. This episode was reported by Sula Green and produced by Sula Green and Gabe Knox. Our managing editor is Andrea Schmidt. Some of the music you heard today was provided to us by Thomas Lamb, also known as Triple Six God. Our theme music is by So Called. Syndication is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.